Hello, everyone, and welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you tips, tools, and resources to help you discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, holistic health and mindfulness coach, Amanda Bickham. Thank you, and welcome to the show. everyone and welcome. I am so excited to bring you this transformational Tuesday story with a very special guest, Stu Zimmerman. As you guys have seen from the title of this podcast, we're going to be talking about from chasing wealth to embodying wealth, giving a little bit of a background on Stu Zimmerman's story and what he's up into now and this new beautiful path that is starting to unfold and has been unfolding for him for a while. For those of you who don't yet know about Stu, Stu is the CEO, the Chief Emanation Officer of Only the Source. It's a transformational media and human services company delivering the next human OS. When he was a hedge fund manager at the peak of his financial success, his wife was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Stu then shifted his focus from the kind of wealth that money can't buy, the celebration of daily life. So I'm really excited because I feel like many of you who have been listening and hearing some of the content that I've been putting out, it's really been about how do we shift our idea and our mindset around what success is. And Stu, I feel like your story really captivates that. So I couldn't be more happy to bring you on. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience and share whatever feel is emanating from your heart? Okay, well, thank you. And thank you, Amanda. And thank you for having me here. It's just a, a blessing to know you. It's a blessing to be with you in this format, just to see how we can all evolve together and, and go from this world of uh, scarcity and separation into one of greater connection and, and abundance. The contrast of my being a hedge fund manager back up just about 20 years ago and making more money than I ever thought I would. And not having it by me or my family, what we really wanted, namely the health of my beloved, it really did take me on a deep journey of what I thought my life script was, was definitely something different. It brought up some very existential and timeless questions for me. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is this thing about money, wealth, and security all about? Because it wasn't only me, but the smartest people in the world that I've met were even more obsessed with it than I was. And so that put me on a journey. And as you kind of mentioned in your intro comments, it had me become aware of really focusing on the kind of wealth that money can't buy, which is a presence of having and being more than enough. And so it took me on a profound journey, as you can imagine. It led me out of the stock market. I've been on this journey ever since to awaken to new possibilities and to study, to interview like you are. I did a radio show for three years called Inside Wealth, interviewing people like Deepak Chopra and uh, Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, Marianne Williamson, and the rest of the spiritual mafia. <laughs> you know, to ask them about what their definition of success was, what their secret sauce was as well as what their vision for the world could be. And even have that conversation with some CEOs, 
some people who rose to levels of excellence in, in sports, just continued on that journey of like you're doing, engaging in conversation and speaking with people so we can hopefully all together just unlock the collective wisdom of how we can live a more joyful life. I love what you just said, unlock the collective wisdom. How powerful is that? And I think that what you're doing right now and the work that you're doing really is all about that. It's really all about coming back to source, coming back to the one, coming back to the wisdom that we all have, no matter where we're at. And we do get lost along the way. I feel like we're remembering what we've always known. And I think that, you know, a big part of my intention and my reason for bringing men like yourself on is to really, you know, you have this wisdom. There is something to be said about years experience on this planet. We're programmed from a young age that we need to seek outside ourselves in order to find the road to happiness or success. And I think that so often can be very helpful in a way to help us understand a little bit, at least kind of try to understand why we're here. But so often it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. We have these roles of success and what success looks like. I found that many of my clients in the younger generation, you know, 20s, 30s, and even, you know, up into their 40s have maybe followed this path and been like, what the hell? Like, I was told that this path, I needed to do this thing and follow this road and get this job and do this career and make this money and have this house. And I am doing all the things and I'm so lost and I'm so confused and I'm depressed and I can't share, especially my men viewers. It's like, there's this stigma around not being able to talk about your depression or to talk about your fears or your insecurities that really hurts my heart. And I could see here mm. that you felt that too. So would you like to talk a little bit about that in your experience? Sure. You know, Amanda, you said several mouthfuls in one <laughs> there. I'll try to break it down a little bit. And one of them definitely has to do with the conditioning of the masculine in terms of what's appropriate to express what makes for a strong man on one level, yes, it's about being productive in one's career and being a provider. And it also goes towards what energies and emotions are okay to express and still be a strong man and what are considered to be either weak or even to be ashamed of if one is feeling depressed or one is feeling powerless or one is feeling confused. Because we all know that if it, in this new environment now, where all of these collective abuses between the genders are really coming more and more to the surface with the entire Me Too thing and the Kavanaugh hearings, it's so easy for men to even second guess themselves. Like, how do I relate to a woman now? Because on one level, she doesn't want to be objectified. We honor and respect that. And yet, I also have these energies and women like to be pursued. Mm. So how do I pursue a woman who doesn't want to be objectified? Oh, yes. How do I dance on the pin, you know, the head of that pin? I can appreciate that right now, let alone what you talked about in terms of just going through the material conquest, mm -hmm. which we've been taught to do and finding its hollowness. And frankly, it's only the people who have done well financially who really knows what money can't buy because they have it and they ain't buying it. Yeah. I love what you just said. The hollowness and the material conquest. 
was even just thinking maybe I should change the top of this article, like <laughs> the top of the podcast, because that, that, that's yeah. it's very true. And I think the point being is that we always want what we can't have. And this is just about our growth and our evolution as human beings. It's like, well, of course we are programmed to expand. That's what we are to do. We're programmed to evolve. So it's like, of course, we're going to be where we are now, knowing what we know now, thinking from where we are, what we want and going for that. And it isn't until we go there and we get that and we achieve that, that we begin to understand that there's so much more that we maybe weren't able to see because we were blinded by that narrow-minded point of focus. And I think as we're starting to heal and bring back this understanding of all parts of ourselves, the masculine energy, the feminine energy that resides within all of us, no matter where you are and what binary, you know, or non-binary spectrum, it's so important to realize that, hey, like there are all these different aspects of myself that I've been programmed, whether man or woman or anywhere in between to push down because they are not enough of who it is I'm supposed to be in quotes. And that's what creates this division within ourselves which this division within ourselves creates this desire, this need to go outside. And then we go outside to try to fulfill the self when really all along it was all in the self, which I think is a big part of the work that you're doing. And, yes. and to share a little bit more, you know, if you were to share kind of a bit more about maybe even how you found that and how you began to understand that. And obviously your wife, I'm sure this turning point was pivotal and you're realizing the internal was what you were seeking all along. Would you like to share a little bit more about kind of that journey? Absolutely, Amanda. Happy to. It takes us back in time a bit, just about into that 20-year phase where my wife was diagnosed with cancer, which wound up being terminal. The chemo and radiation was just so nasty and so toxic to her system. There was like zero quality of life. Now, I had had at the time two young children from a prior marriage who were eight and six, as well as a child that we had together with my wife with cancer, who was about three at the time. And there was one particular weekend where nobody was in the house. My wife went off to her parents and brought our young child with her. I didn't have my girls from the prior marriage. I had a moment just to be alone. I had told myself that I had to wear the suit of armor every day. I needed to be functional. My family needed to be you know, I was taking care of my girls on the side, my older girls when I had them, as well as my son relieving the nanny every night. Kind of no rest for the weary. By many measures, I felt like that cartoon character, like Wiley e. Coyote, a building blew up and I'm frazzled holding a brick. I just gave myself the permission to drop the brick and have essentially a dark night of the soul and just allowed myself to feel and to feel all the anger and the powerlessness, that sense of feeling betrayed by God for finally meeting somebody I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and knowing that she wasn't going to be with me, as well as having some real fear of what it could be like to possibly be with an emotionally scarred son who would be losing his mother at a very young age. By the way, the pressures of being a hedge fund manager with your name on the door, it's rather intense, to say the least. So I curled up in the ball. And just said, okay, here I am, the house of pain that I typically avoid going to for all the rational reasons, needing to be functional, bring it on. So I started to cry, but I actually went to a place that was so dark, it felt like beyond tears. It was, I kind of describe it as like a fetal cramp. It's almost not even breathing. And just everything was clenched shut dark. Okay, what else you got? Bring it on. What else you got? And after 
a period of time of being in that timeless darkness, I noticed that things started getting light. And with my eyes closed shut. And I said, okay, you got more pain for me? Bring it on. And there wasn't. And more and more, the light started to shine through until even with my eyes clenched shut, all I could see in my inner vision was light. And I really got it. A couple of things. One, the reason why I was experiencing so much pain is because I love so deeply and love life so deeply. And if I didn't, it wouldn't have bothered me so much. Loss of a wife. If you really don't have that much love in your heart, it doesn't matter that much. So having that sense of love was really important to me to find out and to have that visceral experience that, yes, I am love at the core and that nobody can take from me what I am at the core. So God bless, my wife's name is Terry. God bless Terry. If it's her journey or soul contract or whatever you want to call it, that she's only going to be on the planet in this life form for a relatively brief period of time, then that's the soul contract, if you want to call it that. It doesn't take away from the loving essence that I am. And having that sense of depth of knowing of who and what I am at the core has been something that I not only find great relief in, it's something that really carries me moment to moment. Even though I have my moments where I don't seem all that loving, I'm human too. But having said that, it's a deep part of my foundation. Wow. I love just hearing your journey and really feeling you in that moment of darkness and that moment of desperation and that moment of true surrender. At the end of the day, it was like, I have nothing else left to do. This is the only thing that I can do. And in that surrender, finding liberation. And I feel so often this is what many of our men struggle with is going into that pain, going into that place of feeling because it's scary and it's painful, right? The mind considers Mm -hmm. it as very painful. I think that you sharing that of this was the only option that I truly had. I was resisting, I was fighting, I was holding strong, but I wasn't truly allowing myself to feel into what the reality is and was and also allow myself to release it because that's truly what it was at the end of the day. It was this acceptance. It was this surrender. It was this, I cannot do anything else other than surrender. And through that surrender, I can find liberation, freedom from myself, freedom from my ideas about how things are supposed to be and freedom from the victim mindset of this isn't fair and truly just allowing yourself to be like, you know what? Like, it's not about me. It never was about me. All I'm going to do is just be with what I've been given and, and find gratitude and appreciation as best I can. And that doesn't mean that there wasn't more pain later. That doesn't mean that there wasn't more challenges later. Of course, we're conditioned by this human mind. However, in going through that, it sounds like it was like kind of really a pivotal point that allowed you to probably, I could imagine, even hold more strength for your family when your Mm -hmm. wife did eventually, and your wife even too, and she did eventually pass. Indeed. In fact, it really opened up a gateway to me to appreciate grief and not resist it or to view it as either weakness or even view it with pain as something to possibly resist on some level, where I remember as her end was really close, talking to my friends and you know, they're asking me how I'm doing and I'm crying and saying, I feel great. 
<laughs> you know, because it just felt so good just simply to love so deeply, knowing full well that the object of being of my love is slipping away, and yet somehow my heart remains open. That really comes full circle to, even though I didn't fully process it this way at that time, through almost 20 years worth of uh, continued exploration and uh, study and refinement, just really coming now to understanding that everything is energy, including whoever and whatever we think we are at the core, that we are just so much more than a bunch of experiences and a set of thoughts that we call beliefs. We are so much more than that. And we, as energy beings, we are only scratch the surface of our capabilities. And whatever we call this thing love to be, it's really nothing more than a description of what it feels like to have this kind of energetic flow and this energetic connection and bond. That's all that it really is. And even within the spectrum that's called love, this is like this fraternal love, the brother and sisterly love. There is erotic love, which can be really kind of juicy and sensual and sexual. And there are all these other, you know, the love of family members, which has its own characteristics to it that like Eskimos have all these different words for snow or ice because that's the world they live in. I'm imagining that we're going to have even more words for the types of love that we experience because as we migrate our energies up, open our hearts, open our entire energetic fields to more connection and delight and joy, we start to create some new words to describe those feelings. Oh, absolutely. What came to me was like, as we expand, so too does our capacity to love and understand what love is. I feel that's been something, a big part of my journey is really like, I keep telling my community, my friends, my family, like someday I'm going to write a book and I will someday. But Really, it's about this. The more and more, what I found is the more and more, like I have fallen in love so many times with so many people, both men and women. And it's like, wow, each time my capacity to love expands, mm-hmm. each time my understanding. And, and, and it's funny because every time I fall in love so deeply with someone, the truth is I'm falling deeper and deeper in love with myself. Yes. And I think that that's like where like the source of all, you know, of course, the source of everything is, which is what we're going to be talking about soon. Yay. <laughs> you know, yeah, the source of all that you're seeking in the energetic and physical realms truly is coming from the wealth spring within us. And when we can learn to tap into and to connect to that, we have the unlimited potential that just rests at our fingertips, which is I know what you and I both are super on track with is helping individuals understand this magic that absolutely lies within each and every single one of us. So let's not keep the audience in too much suspense here. Okay. I know basically let's do a little bit of a kind of your wife passes away, you were a head fund manager, then you went through a series, you kind of left, what made you realize that the job was like you needed to get rid of it? And then I know you had a lot of transitions in between then and now. Sure. There's several things. Obviously, I wound up spending a lot of time. I lived in Tiburon, kind of a high rent district outside of San Francisco, view of the Golden Gate Bridge. As I was doing this hedge fund thing and managing money for people who had hundreds of millions, if not over a billion dollars of net worth, which is still a lot of money, 
20 years ago, it was even that much more of a lot of money. As I was going through my process, I certainly noticed that people with all of this money didn't seem to be any happier. And in many cases, I noted that their possessions owned them. There is something right there. I also noticed that as much as I was obviously doing my best to make them money, the real truth was I set myself up in a rather benign environment that no matter how much money I would make for them or even lose for them, it wouldn't change their lifestyle one iota. It would change mine, however. So I realized that I set myself in a, in a very benign environment not to have that much of an impact on other people's lives. In coming full circle to really getting this sense of love and having and being more than enough, really focusing on the kind of wealth that money can't buy with the final kind of nail in my coffin in my career of being a money manager, which I was living a dream. And you know what? On some levels, when dreams or when things get fulfilled, then it is time to move on and have another one. But I was in Hawaii during the election time of 2000, where we didn't know who the president was, whether it was Gore or Bush, and the markets were getting collapsed every day. I'm in paradise. I can't enjoy the physical beauty and the air and the balminess and the aloha spirit. I'm too busy focused on what the market's doing. And I just said, you know what? There's something really wrong with this equation. I was done. When 9-11 hit, which was a few months after, I unwound my fund completely. By some measures, I actually felt like the world, and certainly New York, was going through its version of my personal apocalypse, if you will, of having this sense of the unthinkable occur. And what occurred to me is, if the unthinkable can occur in something that's so horrific, all that it really does is it expands the spectrum of possibility in both directions. So just maybe it's equally unlikely, but possible that something more amazing than anything we've ever experienced can also be possible if something so unthinkable could occur. Maybe it's unthinkable for us to live in terms of a heaven unearthly existence here. And why not pay attention to that unlikely possibility and see if that can actually be manifest? And so that's essentially what has taken me to, I wrote a book called Inner Security and Infinite Wealth, Merging Self-Worth and Net Worth. That radio show I talked about, did a TV show uh, for the last four years called Get Conscious Now down in Santa Barbara, having people in studio on television, interviewing people, asking them the same things about how we can bring forward thinking and uh, heart opening mindfulness into at least one aspect of everyday life. Then I formed this company, Only This Source, and we can really talk about that because ultimately, only this source, whatever we call God, spirit, the universe, the unified field of energy, by whatever name it's called, quantum physics is showing us that there is something infinite going on here, which dovetails completely to what the ancient scriptures would have us believe. This new OS stands for, it's an operating system of only source. And just imagine what it would feel like if we were able to walk around moment to moment, feeling and breathing that whatever this unified energetic field is that's beyond our ability to even see, but we can perceive it on other levels. If we really allow it to be fully present so that we feel that within ourselves and that it's such a blessing to be in this form for all the possible life forms that exist somehow, 
the universe has conspired for us to be in this one, which may be a lot more interesting than some of the other life forms that are out there, right? So we have that blessing going for us. And then recognize that in each other. So no matter what anybody else is showing up looking like, even if they are unaware in the moment and they are not remembering their connection and aspect with source, the connections that we can have with each other and the beauty that we get to perceive that's beyond man's ability to make itself is just so exquisite and so extraordinary that our lives can just skyrocket. Yeah, so much yum there. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I remember, so we met at Soul Play. Yes, we did. Thank I you, remember. Roman. Yeah, thank you, Romy, if you're, if you're listening, if you're watching, and all the Soul Play family there. And I remember there's a lot of people at Soul Play, and there's a lot of really deep, connected, conscious seekers there. And I remember you and I connected like around, I don't remember if it was in a workshop or I think it was in a workshop. And then we connected after outside in front of the pool. And there was this moment where I was like, this person, like, and I felt it when the first time we connected, but then we reconnected again. And it was like, when we're looking at each other's eyes and this was my experience, it was like, this person is emanating the source, this person, like we are one. And it was just like this automatic and you don't get that with everyone. But when you do find those people who are these reflections, these divine pillars of consciousness who are also, it's like, we're all on the same team. And some of us have just woken up to realize we're on the same team. And I think that that's kind of what my, at least my experience in meeting you was, is like this brother, like he's got it going on. (laughs) Well, thank you, sweetie. You know what? I feel exactly this. That was exactly my experience as well. Looking into your eyes and having that energetic presence of a union, really just feeling there is no separation here and just that deep heart connection and a mind connection. So beautiful. So beautiful. I so honor who you are. Life experience has a lot to do with where we are in a given moment. And for you, in relatively tender years of your walking the earth on this planet, I just really just honor the wisdom and the energies that you exude because they're gorgeous. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I, it was funny. I went to a festival. I was hosting a men's circle at a festival a couple weekends ago, and I met Carrie. Carrie was the photographer for Soul Play. And she's like, Amanda, she's like, sometimes I don't know if you're like a 101-year-old man or like a four-year-old little girl. I don't know. know? She's like, it's funny because people say it's like, we've been here before. There's like these realms that we've made before. And I feel like the more and more some of us maybe have been going through the realms a lot longer, you know, and, and been on this experience a lot longer. And who's to know and who's to say And ultimately, at the end of the day, it comes back to the source, just to tapping in and tuning into that. And I think that no matter where you are on the path, no matter if you feel like you're woke or you're waking or you're not even sure, but all of a sudden this type of consciousness conversation is coming into your vortex and you have this feeling that something hasn't been right and you've been living this road that you knew deep down wasn't really resonating, but wherever you are, every person has the tools to tap into their inner greatness. Every single person has the ability to do the self-work, to connect to source, to connect to spirit, and just create space for that connection to show up because it's always there. It will always be there. It's just about you recognizing and making space for it. That's when you start to feel these shifts and you start to connect deeper to whatever it is that waking up your purpose, what your purpose is here, what ignites your soul and ignites your passion. And 
that's one thing too. So a big part of, you know, what I'm doing is about helping men specifically who are in their 20s and 30s, or maybe even in their 40s, really begin to wake up to their purpose and their passion. And you and I were speaking a couple of weeks ago, and we were just talking about how fired up we are. It's like, I feel like I have so much energy. I can do backflips and circles, and I can work 14 hour days. And like, I still am excited to get up and to do it again. And I really that to finding our purpose and defining our passion and to connecting to source and to listening and into living in alignment. And I think it's so important that every person understands that we all have the source within us and that we all have these gifts that are just waiting to be recognized so that we can bring it to the world. And that's something that you're doing with your only the source project. So tell us more about this and about your baby. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So with only the source existing And as you pointed out, that's true whether we pay attention to it or not. I've decided to leverage as much science as I possibly can just to help to break free of whatever these bonds are that keep me or any of us in that that state of limited self-identity. Because ultimately, truly, and this is going to Tesla not the car company, but the guy whose name is now worth billions for the car company, Nikola's Tesla, as well as Einstein, that everything truly is energy, including us. And what's really remarkable is that we have some very basic, simple tools that we can use that are highly reliable to shift our energy, specifically that stimulate neurotransmitters in the brain that conspire to have us feel good in the body. Neurotransmitters like endorphins, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, GABA. There are all these different things that we can be doing, such as breathing, which we do no matter what. But when we do it consciously and breathe in deep, and there is a saying, if you're going to do something big, take a deep breath. There's a reason for that. And what's really remarkable is that just something as simple as going into some conscious breath, even if it's for five minutes every 90 minutes, just to kind of take a pause from what you're doing, just to kind of breathe in. So I created a course around this called Give Yourself a Raise, where we go into breath, sound, movement, even the power of smiling, which is really remarkable, that even a fake smile can send signals to the brain that the body is not in danger. And we'll start to send a little happiness our way throughout the nervous system. And when we get our eyes involved in a smile, then it kicks those neurotransmitters into a bigger gear. Just simple things like that with dancing and making sound, listening to sound. The science is like, I'll say, source or God's way of creating breadcrumbs to awaken to itself through us. What's beautiful is that these breadcrumbs are highly reliable in shifting how we experience life and how we feel in our body. And that alone helps to make new decisions. Let's just say you're dealing with bills and you're getting freaked. Easy to do. You do some breathing or you do some dancing or you go out in the sun and inhale a few sun rays. You go back to the bill. It's still the same amount. But what has happened is because you feel better, your relationship to that bill has changed. And of course, when we make money in whatever we do in our career, it's all based on relationship. 
and how we relate to other people. Now, I like to say that back in the day, Hoover was a great uh, vacuum company. And even Hoover didn't make money in a vacuum. <laughs> you know, we, we all need each other on some level to connect with each other. And that's how money flows and gets exchanged. To that extent, how we, you know, we breathe, sound, move, how we shift our energy, how we connect with others, ultimately even determine how much money we make. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's so much power in what you're doing. And that's something that I relate to and know, not only from my own experience and navigating life, but also helping many clients with is what you're focusing on is going to bring you more of that. And I think what's sure we can understand that. And even, you know, physics talks about that, but what's really important and what's really pivotal. And what I love about what you're doing is you're giving people the tools. It's like, we can have an understanding. We all know we're supposed to eat healthy. Great. We all know that we shouldn't have pizza and donuts. Great. But how do we create tools to help reinforce positive habits so that when life does get stressful or when we're in a place that is not desirable, such as losing your wife or losing your job or who knows, things are going to happen. Do we have the right tools and equipment to begin to interrupt old patterns and habits that prevent us from fully embodying our highest and best self and taking these obstacles as opportunities to learn and grow? Absolutely. And to the extent in the course, we offer people some scientific underpinning that has been researched and documented as being a reliable kind of cause and effect. If you breathe or you dance, you will be stimulating some neurotransmitters. You will be increasing your neuroplasticity, which is essentially how your brain makes new neural pathways. Or you will be employing epigenetics, which is a science that shows that rather than being as hardwired as original genetics would have us believe, that we are more responding, our physical cells actually respond more to our outer environment. So to the extent that we surround ourselves with love and life-affirming beauty and plants and nature and different things that have us reliably feel good, it actually consciously informs ourselves how to evolve mm. in ways that are healthier. It's really remarkable. So to offer people at least some scientific factoids, if you will, so that the mind can grasp that if I do these things, I can reasonably expect really good things to happen as a result because it's science and not woo-woo. I love that you've done that work because I haven't. <laughs> and like coming from like, that's the masculine. The masculine is really about like, give it to me because I want to know. I want to know. I want to understand. Right. And the feminine is like, I don't need to know. I feel it. And that's enough. And I feel that bridging the two helps us understand. And also, you know, for me, I've seen it and I felt it and I've experienced it in my own life and in my client's life. So I just know, and I'm just like, look, you just got to trust. You got to trust yourself. Most importantly, you got to trust the universe, but having someone else who will do more of the research in the background and the science behind it, it's really important for people who are like, I can't just trust. I don't have that trust. Like, why should I trust you? Who are you? How do you know? You know, it's like, we all come from these different experiences, which is cultivated where we are and having both sides of it, you know, having the scientific, Hey, look, like you don't have to just trust. Here's where the proof is in the pudding. Not only in, if you do it, just wait and see, but also like, here's what research says, which I really appreciate that you've taken all of that into your program. And I think that's really important for people who are a little bit more skeptical and have a little bit harder of a time trusting. Yeah, I was going to say, and even for the people who they're reasonably far along the path, 
I mean, on one level, we're all human and we're all energy. And to that extent, we're all going to oscillate from various moments from time to time. And things, no matter how evolved we seem to be, in any given moment, things can really seem like a struggle. And it can be easy to go to a place of fear or mistrust. And so having this kind of additional depth of knowledge of knowing the interrelatedness between some of the things that we get to do as a more of a conscious exercise and how we can expect it will impact us. Frequently, that's the difference between doing something and not doing something. And it's just great to know that we have more choice as to how we experience life than we ordinarily may believe believe that we have. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. I think the power of choice is so big and something that has often been taken. There's been an illusion that we've had it, but it's really been taken away from us in a lot of ways. And we're just really beginning to understand that it's only taken away if we allow ourselves to be fooled that it was taken away in the first place, which is powerful. So with this course, it's online or, or how is it? Where yeah. is it? How can people find it? How do people access this beautiful, amazing information? I know. Well, we have posted some things on Facebook with links. It's hosted on this site called Kajabi, which is a learning management platform. It also includes four live classes with yours truly over Zoom, over the same platform here. And what we can do is when you post this video, you can include a link of how to come on. And we actually offer what I feel is a great deal. It's a BOGO deal. You buy one, you get one free. For a course that has over four hours of pre-recorded content, pre-recorded lessons spread over eight modules, as well as a bonus module on money called Right on the Money. Because in fact, there are four phrases on the back of the $1 bill that are the instructions on how to best use it. Who knew? Wow. We are. It's true. And one of them is in God we trust. And of course, it's easy to have trust issues around God because what kind of loving, beneficent God would allow for so much human suffering? So it's really easy to go to a place of mistrust. And we break it down in terms of how we can come to a place of our own being inseparable, whoever we are being inseparable from that which is interwoven throughout all creation, that which is eternal and timeless which is allegedly what God is supposed to be. And so by whatever name it's called, if we can trust in our own direct connection with that in every single moment and that we are inherently good, that's a great place to start. We go deeply into the money thing. And give yourself a raise really is about raising one's mood, one's consciousness, and one's vibrational presence. And to be able to have the tools to influence it as we choose from moment to moment with reliable tools. And each person is guided to create their own toolkit. For some people, they'll be more into smiling than others. Some people will be more into dancing than others. The good news is there is a whole spate of them. And we do a chapter, a module specifically on self-love as well, because that really gestalts and ties everything together. Because how can we possibly really love others if we don't love ourselves? We'll include a link. So when you post this, wherever you post it, We'll have a link to to come on, and I'll even make a donation to Amanda's program here for everyone who signs up through the link. So anyway, we have this BOGO thing going on where you buy one for $197. It's less than $200, and you get hours and hours of stuff, pre-recorded, live exercises, and you get to sign up your best bud for free at no additional charge. So not only do you get to split the cost 
of the course, which then brings it down to under $100, $98.50 to be precise. But you also now have a study buddy to integrate with, to grow with, to hold each other accountable. And that way you help to ensure that you get the most out of this course and you wind up with somebody you're going to love even more than you already do. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Stu, for doing the good work. (laughs) Uh, There are so many different ways. One thing about only the source, the OS, is that it's also an open source. So there are infinite ways to awaken to that which is already ever-present and within us. And so to that extent, I'm just humbly offering up my share. You are beautiful, Amanda, in the way you offer up yours. And we're all in this together. If we can really create this as being a movement and with energy and the way energy grows is it starts with like a cell and then a second cell and then starts to swirl and get a little exponential with Fibonacci going on and all these things that from an energetic standpoint, as we connect with each other and remind each other who and what we really are at the core and see that spark of divinity in each other. All that does is amplify the energy that feels so good, and it is contagious. It's like a smile is. More and more people want to be on what we're on. I'll have what she's having because it's so delicious. It's so funny. People are like, sometimes people are, they joke about like my energy or my enthusiasm or my passion, and I'm like, I'm just high on prana. (laughs) When you start to live at that vibrational level, like you need less. And you have more. And I think that it's all, again, only coming from within. Well, Stu, it's been truly, truly amazing um, to just share. You know, I love connecting with brilliant minds and people who have really powerful and passionate stories and are doing really powerful work in the world. You've shared a lot of wisdom here and you've given our audience a lot to chew on, I'm sure. And if you guys liked this, please review us on iTunes. It does help with uh, boosting this so more people can see it. I always ask at the end of these interviews, you know, I I generally on Transformation Tuesdays, you have to be 50 or older in order to come on because there's this, you know, level of wisdom. And so if you could tell yourself something at 30, right, if you could give yourself Mm. some wisdoms, knowing what you know now, what would be the advice that you would tell yourself if you were 30? I would say, don't believe everything you think. You get what you settle for. The deeper you go, the lighter you get. (laughs) The deeper you go, the lighter you get. I love that. Thank you so much. I love that. They brought me back to that moment when you were in that darkness. And I think that that is some encouragement for our listeners here, that if you're in a deep place or in a dark place, just go there. Allow yourself to go there. And if you need help and support to go there, then like by all means, use it, take it. It's truly, truly powerful. So Stu, you're an amazing, incredible divine God. And I appreciate you being so inspiring and doing the work of the world. And thank you for your time and your energy and your efforts. And yeah, you guys, I will put all of his information, how you guys can connect with him and get his course and share it in the show notes. This will be available on iTunes and Stitcher and all the platforms. So it'll be there. We can spread the word of consciousness. Amanda, thank you so much for this time. I just feel so great connected with you. You're just brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Adios. We'll talk to you later. Adios. (laughs) 
Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content. And together, we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.